Siyuan is a really unique person, if you can't tell from the name alone. It's a Chinese name, but he's from Boston. Super cool guy. I actually met him in New York, and he is exactly as authentic as you hear him in this episode. That's exactly how he's like in real life. We talk about irrational optimism, how that's a framework that helps us grow in every arena of our lives. We talk about drinking milk in the club and all these cold approach stories we've had. Really, really dive deep into this one for a good time and to shape your mind into one of irrational optimism. See you in. What's up, man? What's up, bro? Glad to be here. You're here. You're calling in from Medellin, right? Yes, Medellin. Is it Medellin or Medellin? Medellin, Medellin. Okay. It's up to you. <laughs> Whatever. It, yeah. It's a nice place either way around. It's called the City of Eternal Spring because the weather is always spring here. Nice. Yeah. And you're there for spring. I think it's your second day, right? You're with the boys. Yeah. Yeah. Meeting some tribe guys down here. I'm trying to get Sebastian from Irrational Optimism to come down here. Um, and just I'm trying to get as many people down here as possible because I just want to cramp us all like together in a room and just feel the energy. Right. Yeah. Um, and then utilize the energy towards my door-to-door sales season. Nice, dude. Are you guys trying to like create like a content house or are you guys trying to just like, what's dude, your- we're just trying to take different trips. I guess content is good, but definitely have a content house. Um, I do envision myself living with other tribe guys um, in the future, like yeah. long-term. Um, but right now it's just like about a month trip. We're just going to do a few trips. I think we're going jet skiing this weekend and like, Guadalupe or something um so that's really exciting and I think there's gonna be heads there like maybe 15 20 guys um so that's really exciting there we go there we go I really like um getting all these tribe guys coming in and like calling and they're like hey who should I connect with next and I always tell them you like see you when he's the really yeah dude all the time because you're like one of the first people you're actually the first person I met from tribe in person up in New York and that was a lot of fun like you are very social, very uh, put yourself out there. And then fast forward a few weeks and um, you you and I show up in the exact same Discord group, the Irrational Optimists. And yeah, bro. All caps. <laughs> <laughs> just schlonking eggs and just sending well, like fitness pictures and just like all, yeah, all caps all day, bro. No lowercases in that chat. Dude, that chat is amazing. You, you, you want to expand more on Irrational Optimism and what, uh, what it is? Absolutely, bro. So a lot of people are trying to build um, like personal development groups and really focusing on different specific niches. And so I think what Jake, Jake Youngblood um, is a creator of Irrational Optimism. He's an absolute G, absolute Chad, like just all around good guy, good energy. I've heard from people who've like spent time with him in person that he's just like, oh my gosh, he's the funniest, most relaxing guy ever. Um, so I'm excited to to meet up in Miami, hopefully after the summer at the end of 2023. And you better come to that too. Dude, 100%. Um, there's going to be a big meetup. But so Jake, uh, I think went through a lot of stuff kind of maturing into the man that he is right now and realized that a lot of the mentality that brought him to the point he is at now is just maintaining optimism throughout any circumstance. It's just smiling at anything, laughing at anything. Like he was just on a call and he was talking about how like if you slip, fall, like shit your pants and like your pants fall down and like it smears across the wall, like this is literally what he said. You just have to laugh it off. And like, it does not matter. And it's an extreme example, 
Um, but I think the message behind it is is very, very true. Um, and I actually, I have a personal anecdote that's very recent uh, that kind of explains the mentality of irrational optimism and the mentality that the group kind of provides and supports um, is, so I had a 6 a.m. flight um, in New York City to Medellin, Colombia. And so I had to leave uh, my girl's dorm at around 3.30 a.m. So it was an early leave. Um, I took an Uber to the airport, got to the airport, kind of stressed because I got there like an hour and a half early, but it ended up being no security lines at all. Got to the gate. Turns out my flight was delayed about three hours. And so I was like starting to like think, I was like, oh, I could have spent extra time with her. Um, and like, why did I have to leave so early? Now I have three hours at the airport, like who wants three hours at the airport? Um, but then I started, like, I, I kind of took a step back, right? And I realized two things. One, I would have just been sleeping anyway, so it wouldn't have even been conscious time spent with her, right? Um, and two, there's some cool lounges here, right? So I start Googling the lounges because I get lounge access um, with one of the credit cards. And turns out there's one of the best lounges in the United States. And it's open at 4 a.m. about a 10-minute walk from my, like, my, where, where the flight leaves from. Yeah. Right? And I have three hours to kill. And so I walk to the lounge. And I, like, check in. And she's like, oh, we don't take priority pass. I'm like, crap. And then she goes, yeah, we only take like Amex Platinum and um, Capital One Venture X. And I'm like, oh, I have a, a Capital One card. And so like, there's just so many moments where I was like, oh crap, but then it got fixed right away. So first early flight got delayed, right? Down. Um, and then and then airport lounge up. Oh crap, you only accept this down. Oh, but I have this card up, right? And yeah. then I go in full table service, unlimited, like all you can eat, fancy. Like I'm talking like, chef crafted dishes brought to you all for free right you just order as if it's a restaurant and you and you they just bring it to you for free like that's Aye. literally it. and it was amazing pool table all that so i ate right and i was getting kind of bored right that could be kind of another thing where negative thoughts could creep in and then i thought my card allows me to bring two extra people in lounges and so multiple times in the past i've wanted to go out and find some people in the line at mcdonald's or the dunkin donuts and be like, hey, like, I get two extra guests in the lounge. Like, let me treat you to this luxury experience at no cost to either of us and just like let you free. And so I've done it once before, but it was with guys I met on the plane. So it doesn't really count. And it, I didn't really step out of my comfort zone for that. But I forced myself to because I had about two hours to kill. And so I went out on a mission to find a couple, a younger couple. This is what I envisioned to then bring into the lounge and just bring them on a date on their two hour layover or their two hours before their flight. Just like treat them to the most amazing day ever. Nice. Um, and so I looked around, couldn't find a couple, ended up finding a guy around my age, walked up, gave him a fist bump and he was super weirded out. And I talked him <laughs> through it and he was like sketched out. Cause every, like apparently everything is a scam these days. So he thinks there's a, like a catch. I'm like, Hey man, um, like I saw you in the McDonald's line. Uh, I got free lounge access for two guests and I was trying to find people to use the passes up if you want to come by. And he was like super rooted out. <laughs> and just the but two. I talked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was like, what are you trying to get me on a date with you or something? Um, and then he, he agreed. And so we walked to the lounge. I let him in and like never gave him like my real name. I, I used Sean. So my real name is Suyuan, Um, for those who don't know. Um, but 
I just told him my name was Sean. I set him loose and I don't think he ever saw me again in the lounge. And he, this guy probably ordered a full meal, some drinks and just got on his flight. So like I, I was trying to provide that angelic experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but all in all, like I was kind of upset that they delayed my flight and then all of that came out of it. And so I think that stepping back and kind of smiling and laughing through that, being irrationally optimistic because there's so many people that would complain um and i looked it up the airline i was flying on and it was like one of the worst airlines in the entire world like two out of ten ratings on a lot of different airline review websites uh-huh. and so i i could have made it the worst day ever and i actually made it the best day ever so i think that is a good anecdote that kind of summarizes the purpose of the group dude absolutely because what other choice do you have like if you were to sulk or complain or just deflate yourself and the people around you not only are you not gonna tap or get more cool experiences but when you do get those cool experiences you won't even appreciate it as much so you're just honestly self-attacking self-sabotaging yourself yeah any way you slice it you'd rather be like super optimistic with the shit conditions you were given or super (laughs) optimistic when you have like super cool things happening you know Exactly. Like no matter what, just super op- like optimistic, no matter what the circumstance. And yeah, I think that's a really good message. But essentially, right now, it's just a really awesome group of guys. Uh, I think the main platform is Discord. Uh, yeah. They have weekly calls, Q and A's. We just vibe out, talk about all things, whatever, finance, business, personal development, egg schlonking. We always schlonk eggs on the calls. Um, Did you start that? No, I didn't. Jake started it. Nice all credits to jake but i picked up the trend and ran with it and got a lot of guys who normally wouldn't be schlonking eggs schlonking eggs so i'm very proud of that um and that's what i like to do is when i see things that are kind of catching on and that some people are supporting i just like to take them and move it to like an extreme (laughs) and then broadcast that so so more people are aware um so i can kind of support the message overall the people who don't know see when um bought eggs at a grocery store and before he paid for it like in front of the cashier just slunked all of them (laughs) (laughs) and she didn't even look up she was busy scanning stuff (laughs) like literally mpc behavior and then i actually slunked four and i i proceeded to put the eggshells back in the carton and close the carton she scanned the carton she still didn't even look up she scanned the carton and then i walked around paid for it and then opened it and slunked the last two eggs and one of the guys, the, the guy that puts the stuff in the bags, he was looking at me like I was like an alien. Like he, he <laughs> thought he was in a dream. It was the funniest thing ever. Um, and then I had to walk all the way around to get my phone that I secretly propped up like in a very obvious location that no one noticed. So it's like, it's so funny what you can do in this world where you, you'd think you get a crazy reaction, but really people like forget about it. Dude, that's that's so true. And you're tapping into two things there, like the NPC thing and then like just breaking patterns. Like you, a lot of people might not be NPCs, but if you just like step into the same routine, same pattern, like you might as well are, like you might as well are one, right? You're, no, you're not breaking your pattern. What was that thing you were doing on a track? You were just like saying hi to people or just like people who are- <laughs> Yeah, bro. So I went to uh, Northeastern University and I stayed with a friend because I had a friend down there in Boston and we went to the gym and staying around those kids. So no shit on like Ivy League colleges, but the fact that those kids are maybe a little bit smarter and a little bit more dedicated in like the education world makes them a lot less dedicated socially. 
right? right. So, and I noticed that and I fed off it, right? <laughs> and so I was walking around with the most confidence ever because I could just feel everyone's kind of insecurity and fear of judgment. And it's weird to say, but I absolutely thrived off of it, right? And like, yes, I try and be the dumbest and the slowest in the room in 90% of situations. But in those 10% of situations when I'm maybe the smartest and most sociable in the room, like that's like the situations that get appreciated, right? Yeah. And so I, yeah, I walked up next to the track that there were kids running around and I started high-fiving them and be like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> and just hyping them up. And they like gave me like weird looks. And some <laughs> of them like were kind of hype about it, but some of them like were a little bit scared. And it was like, it was just so funny. Dude, and you're not only breaking their patterns, like it's good to break your own pattern. Like if you feel like you're in like a monotonous, like just not doing anything, break your own pattern, dude. That's absolutely such a good way to just wake up the system. Just get just yeah. rust, man. And like you said, people don't actually care. Like if you think about yourself when you walk out of your house and go on to your day, if you saw some quote unquote crazy, like rushing to put the shopping cart away or whatever he's doing, like you don't think about it that much. That's that. Yeah. And then that's exactly the same framework people use to think about you. People don't care about the crazy thing you're doing. So you might as well be as charismatic as you want to be as optimistic as you want. Just, just live true to you. Absolutely. And I think society programs us in a way where we really have this big fear of judgment um, and fear of criticism. um, If we're going along, like think and go rich turns um, that, kind of prevent us from being true to ourselves and really showcasing our personalities that should be showcased no matter what, but that are kind of dampened by just societal standards. And yeah, exactly what you said, like little things, especially starting small, right? Putting one shopping cart away is like something you normally wouldn't do. And -hmm. then you could start sprinting around the parking lot next time and just putting all the shopping carts away. Um, And then like, just talking to people in general and then starting like to either cold approach girls or cold approach people or like people that you see as high value um, and start making conversations. Cause I mean, if you really think about it, I feel like from shop- shopping carts to cold approaching, if someone sees you spreading around putting shopping carts away, this is the point I made. They're going to fucking be super happy. They're probably going to laugh because you're looking ridiculous, right? You put on a show and it's the same as like, if you go up to someone, a lot of people are afraid to go up to people and start talking because they think they're, they'll look creepy or they don't know as much if it's like a business situation and like nothing but positive things that come out of that interaction because if it's a girl and you go up and you say they're pretty and they have a boyfriend they're gonna feel really good about themselves um because you give them a compliment right compliments can't lead to anything bad yeah and so i feel like there's so many things that people because of societal standards think that they'll get affected in a bad way and that people will think badly of them but in reality like if you go 100% in, I think you'll only create positivity in the world by like stepping out of your comfort zone, if that makes sense. It makes 100% sense. And for people who don't know, Siwen and I have been keeping in, in touch with each other since November, right? <laughs> and, uh, I shared this one story, I don't know if you remember, but I went out uh, out here in Virginia with my, my, my old college roommate and his wife, and we were out in a coffee shop, and there was this table, like really attractive girls, and I was like, oh, that girl at the head of that table is like, she's really cute and she's looking at me. So I should probably do something about it. And my buddy goes, yeah, you should. And then his wife gives me this amazing idea. She's like, hey, do you remember middle school or you like hand each other notes? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. She's like, you should just throw your, you should put your number on the on a sheet of paper and approach her that way. And I was like, 
that'd be so awesome. I haven't done that in years. That'd be great. And like you said, if she has a boyfriend or whatever, like at least she'll feel good. So I take this little piece of paper, write down my name and my number, and I go over there. And then here's the key. This is like from Arlen's course. Like I was on my way out with these people. We were leaving. So I yes. went out. <laughs> constraint. Yeah, you got to be like half in, half out. So I was like, hey, what's up, girls? I see you guys are enjoying your night. I'm not going to take up too much time. I just want to say your friend here is really cute. And I'm on my way out, but I just want her to let her know that. And this is for you. Boom. Name, number. They all smile. They and all I laugh. And then I just dipped. Yeah. And then I fast forward like 20 minutes later, I get a text from her. She's like, hey, Mateo, that was very sweet. That really made my night. By the way, I'm married and I have a kid. <laughs> but it made my night. Like, good. I mean, her husband yeah. feel good. I, I hope she feels good. Her friends feel good. Like you just made everyone feel better. It's something harmless. And you just put exactly. yourself there. You know? It's just good. There's n nothing negative can come out of that. Like I bet yeah. they went home and she probably told her husband and they had a, like a laugh over it. And he was like, yeah, no wonder. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's just a beautiful thing. Kind of stepping out of your comfort zone. And I've definitely noticed um, the way the world is going right now, just in general, that the the lack of stepping out your comfort zone right and like in just in normal whatever supermarkets or stores or in the gym like you can almost if you people watch a lot i'm a big people watcher yeah. you can really read on people's faces uh some interactions that they crave but they never fulfill and so like a lot of times in the gym like i see people make eye contact with one another and quickly look away or someone like staring at someone else um and i can tell that they really want to kind of i don't know make conversation they're interested in that person but absolutely no one does it and so that's just a whole nother thing is not even like the positivity aspect but being able to do what like 99 percent of people don't do is another big big thing to kind of give you an ego boost and help you complete the job right yeah and it takes i don't want to go too far in like red pill conversation but it takes like <laughs> e that's one of the things about high testosterone. It, it kind of goes in parallel and proportion with uh, your dopamine. If you don't, if you have like a good dopamine detox, your dopamine and your testosterone, they both help you lean into pressure. They both make yeah. you want to do hard things, tough things. So yeah, I mean, if you keep training that muscle, you eventually do hard things like socially, like we're talking about, or tough business decisions or tough anything. And that's, uh, that's what the world needs more of. And like you're saying, there's a general trend of people just their dopamine system is just shot from getting five second TikToks in every day or jacking off or whatever it is. Like they they just can't handle distress. And then the yeah. testosterone is being attacked on a hormonal level with food and plastics and all that. So there's really been no easier time to win as a young man, you know? <laughs> right now it's so easy. Like if we were to compete with like the like the 80s guys or like the 70s guys, let alone the World War II guys, like pff, it's so easy to win now, man. Yeah. That's yeah. massive, bro. And I love that you you're kind of touching on that. And cuz there's so many people that will complain about it, right? There's so many people that will be like, "Oh, like there's microplastics in all of our food. Oh, like there's the estrogen in the water." you know, just everything. And they'll just like kind of complain about it and let it get, you know, really get to them. And I've met even some guys in the tribe program that we're in, um, who kind of like, I can see that they start stressing over like even political things or things out of their country and they yeah. get all caught up in it. And it's good to be like an empath. Right. But if it's interrupting, like maybe your, your daily routine or interrupting or just like giving you negative thoughts in general, like, I feel like your perspective is a hundred percent 
like what people should be doing. And it's hundred percent aligned with irrational optimism. Yeah. Right. And, um, one thing that I think four or five of the guys in irrational optimists, the, the OGs did in the past, I want to say two weeks is shave their head. Um, and I don't know if you noticed. Yeah. Um, so shout out to my boy, Sam and oh. Riley, Sam Clement and Riley, um, and Magnus, they all shaved their head and like, <laughs> like, honestly like they look good like it's so funny and some of them have like hair down to their shoulders right no and way so yeah it's just like not even all the social things of going out and doing stuff with other people that's uncomfortable like doing stuff that personally makes you uncomfortable um is a huge one because there's there's like self and then there's you know society and so i think the first important thing is like maybe ice baths or even going to the gym for some people um where they start building that discipline muscle of doing what your brain wants to do but what it's telling you not to do if that makes sense that makes total um, sense. Yeah. and as long as you build that muscle using like little things then you can start fucking shaving your head and then you can start cold approaching then you can start hosting events and then it just goes up from there yeah because you shaved your head too and maybe it was for a different yeah. reason because when we first talked you were in bali and you had nice thick lettuce <laughs> <laughs> yeah i had the flow going yeah Oh, I miss it. But yeah, so my reason for shaving my head was because I really have been chasing a, a, a specific physique and I'm getting closer and closer, but not as quick as I want to. Right. Um, and so I've been chasing uh, a certain physique for years and years and years. And I figured um, my hair gives me confidence, right? Girls like the flow, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so if I shave my hair off, I'm going to have to build my confidence some, some other way, whether it be humor or personality or just getting chiseled. Right. And yeah. so I, before I changed my mind, I ran into the barbershop and I was like, take it all off. He was like, he was like, are you sure? He was, I was like, yeah. He was like, are you like, why, why are you doing this? And I explained to him and he started like the whole barbershop started laughing um, and not laughing at me, but I feel like laughing at the fact that I'm able to do this and I'm able to be this uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and yeah, and so I did it. And now I have a really, really serious girlfriend, um, and am a lot closer to that physique. So I'd say it worked. Yeah, dude, I'd say it worked too. She's really cool. That was a good decision, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. dude, it's, it's fun just doing uncomfortable things, but you got to start small. Yeah. You definitely need to get a routine down, whatever it is, and just stick with it. I think I read somewhere that 21 days is what it takes to build a habit. Yes. So. that there's a lot of books that say that um i think the power of habit is one um atomic habits is another um one book that i highly recommend it's actually my second favorite book in the entire world uh so far is the 5 a.m club um and if you haven't read that i'd highly suggest it it is extremely well written pulls you in and teaches you incredible principles that you can use in your morning routine and in your day-to-day -day life for mindfulness and just like for everything personal development you know mindfulness happiness it's just a ridiculously well-written book so the 5 a.m club 5 a.m club all right that's gonna be yeah. my my book list that's ever <laughs> growing <laughs> dude so i was reading it so i i do door-to-door -door sales um for those that that don't know and so it's a really really hard job and my first summer doing door-to-door -door sales i was in florida and i did it this past summer and so i usually did a lot of reading um, on the weekends and like in the mornings and 5am club was one of the books and door-to-door -door sales really wears you out 
And that book somehow was like, gave me way more dopamine than anything else I could possibly do. Like I started crying of joy um, two times in that book um, from certain things I read. And one of them I can remember very vividly is because I have a really, really specific morning routine uh, that I cannot complete my day. I cannot go on with my day if I don't complete. And um, so as you know, my body is pretty immune to caffeine. Um, I have a very big, I don't know if it's a tolerance or a gen- genetic immunity or something, but caffeine doesn't really work. And so growing up, I had to wake up groggy and find a different way to kind of get a clear head. And I started doing 50 pushups every single morning, right out of bed, literally roll out and do pushups, right? Get the blood flowing. And so I've been doing that. And I've been doing that for maybe four or five years now. And I read in the 5am club, maybe on page 100, 120 or something, um, I was like getting really into it. And it was like the biggest thing you can possibly do in the morning is do some sort of exercise, like do 50 push-ups, like 20 jumping jacks and like <laughs> so on. And I was like, I was like this book, like I was so proud because it was like, these are millionaire habits and these are the habits of highly successful people. And I've been doing it like without even reading the book and without even knowing. So it's like, I got a big emotional hit from kind of realizing that I'm really doing the right thing without even having the right resources to guide me. It's just like I've taught myself. And that was a really proud moment I had. Yeah, man. That must have felt amazing. Just a wave of reassurance. Yeah, it was crazy. It was overwhelming. Um, But yeah, those are really good books. What are some like killer books, like life-changing books that you've read? life-changing because i'm right now i'm really really specific stuff like i finished the sales acceleration formula yeah but yeah if we go higher level the four-hour work week absolutely changed my life that's my number one that's why 5 a.m is number two (laughs) (laughs) there it is oh yeah no dude really man just the concept of delegating like nonsense task or automating if you can like that completely changed everything and the dreamlining i actually have a whole podcast episode just dedicated to that book and just like the key highlights and and i have a downloadable link to like the dream learning dreamlining worksheet because that exercise of breaking down like your next three months six months to like actionable Making steps it realistic exactly dude that that is one of the highest like ROI activities you could do because you're just pushing that inevitable act down the road if you don't just take action on it. Identifying yeah. what you do today, the next day, like you have to do that. That's massive. Yeah, that yeah. changed my life too. That's the whole reason I got to Argentina. Um, and then that's the whole reason I traveled in the first place is Tim Ferriss. Um, he has a really good blog, but Dreamlining really showed me that I can travel to Buenos Aires, Argentina for $2,500 a month and live like a king. Right. Yeah. And so that was my that was my second solo trip. Um, and I did it and it was absolutely incredible. So yeah, dreamlining, dude, do you, you should probably put the podcast or link in this podcast yeah. so people can like go to that one. Cause that's an absolute killer book. And if you broke that down, then that will be super valuable to a ton like lots of people. Yeah, no, it definitely has a lot of value. I'll definitely include it in the description here. I've also read a lot of uh, just philosophy books. I mean, the one that most people are familiar with is like Stoicism. So Meditations by Aurelius. Brooke, yeah. I love that one. I absolutely just am. Because like for me, um, I'm not, I thought I didn't have trouble with emotions, right? But I 
because I thought I would just by repressing it and just not like reacting to it, I would be like immune to it. But then I realized um, reading other stuff with emotions, you know how like in the actual physical world, when you throw something up, what goes up must come down. Yeah. In the emotional world, they say what goes down must come up. So I was penting up a lot of stuff and um, I thought that was stoicism, but with reading Aurelius and how he actually processes things, it's, I realize that I don't have to like pent things. I shouldn't pent things, like hold them in. Rather, I should let like be literally like on, in an ocean and let feel the emotion. Like actually, yeah. like like what happened to you in that book? Like if something affects yeah. me and I have to cry, I'll just have a good cry. If something like makes me mad, like I'll feel mad, whatever. But I don't get consumed by that emotion. I feel the emotion and then I let it pass like a wave. That's what Aurelius is saying. Like you have to like process it. What I was doing was just penting it and like holding it down and just bottling up. That's not what you want to do. That's not real stoicism. So if anyone else was as confused as I was, that was a huge takeaway I got. And I think it's super similar to meditation with thoughts, right? In that like all stillness and all, basically all meditation, if, if you guys haven't tried meditation, like definitely start trying to be consistent at least like five minutes, 10 minutes a day minimum. Um, it's not going to take up a lot of time, but it definitely has a big ROI. But in meditation, like you close your eyes and there's bare, like there's basically no time where you're ever just alone with your thoughts in the world, especially the world of TikTok, social media, like the things that kill your dopamine. Um, you're, you're not geared anymore to just be sitting with your thoughts. And so just like feeling the emotion, letting it pass. When you're meditating, you want to really kind of acknowledge the thought. You don't want to latch onto it and be consumed by it, but you can acknowledge it. You can accept it. You can be like, oh, this is probably why I'm thinking this. And in transcendental meditation, which I just took a course on, um, the acknowledgement is that this thought is a release of stress. If mm -hmm. I'm meditating and I have a clear mind, then there's something deep down. And so I recently have been thinking about chess, the game chess a lot <laughs> here in, in meditation. Uh -huh. Um, like that, like I picture like forking a, like a, a night and like just trying to, I don't know, it's freaking weird. It's intense. But yeah. so, so during meditation, I like, I, I would have pictures of like forking a, a, a night, um, and like attacking pieces. And I was like, wait, why am I stressed about chess? But then it doesn't matter why I'm stressed about chess. Maybe I'm really excited to play chess. Right. And so I just accept that this is a, a release of stress and that my body, my physical body is pushing those thoughts up to the forefront of my mind from the depths of my consciousness and getting rid of them because it has some time to sit still and kind of realign itself. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. We don't understand the subconscious world. So rather than just like getting stressed about intrusive thoughts or intrusive, whatever, like recognize it has some kind of purpose, kind of like our dreams. You yeah. don't really control your dreams, but you got to realize there's, a greater architecture going on down there that we, we don't know yet. That's funny. Do you got into chess? I don't know why I got really into chess too. And I've been just <laughs> loving it, man. Oh. Bro, it's amazing for the brain. I feel like it's, I mean, it's so comparable and this is weird, but it's very comparable to jujitsu. And I'd say it's more likely to say jujitsu is like chess than chess is like jujitsu. Mm -hmm. um, but that's why it's one of my favorite martial arts because they teach you how to really control your emotions and your breathing and your energy output. Um, and so when someone is trying to like jump on you or get you pinned, like they don't teach you to resist it. They teach you to kind of 
like let your body go do as it pleases as long as you're not going to get submitted and save the energy for when you do a counter right yeah and so i think and you think of what move like should i roll left should i roll right should i go up down um and it's i feel like it's so similar to chess so yeah just chess is similar to life honestly and i'm super excited that everyone is kind of getting into it right now yeah chess is so similar to life man and i was taught some principles as a kid that i like thought were like useless or whatever they're just like oh that's just coach saying coach things but dude it's so it's so cool how it reflects life after so many years of not playing it and then jumping back in developing your pieces but you can't develop your back end pieces unless you develop your like smaller pieces first like yes what you oh do? that's huge I small, consistent about that. things. yeah but it's so cool you do the small consistent things and you have to be good at it and then you can develop like the larger artillery attacks. It's, and it's so, it's, I don't there's so much in there, man. There's so much. Symbols is the best way human, humans have like spoken to each other because it crosses language, it crosses tongues. And the game of chess, dude, if you were a king in Europe and you had to host like an Arab Sultan, like what could you do together? I mean, you would have you like, but like you play a game of, it's not even a game of chance, it's a game of strategy. Where it's very different yeah. from most other like ancient games. You're not gambling. Like if you lost, you made a mistake. Like objectively, you made a mistake. And chess is thousands of years old, man. It's such a beautiful game. That's incredible. Yeah, I feel like there are so much hidden principles. I never thought of the developing pawn thing. Um, I've heard and and take this with a grain of salt, but I've heard that um, on Red Pill TikTok, it's like, why do you think the queen is replaceable and the king isn't? You know. And I thought that was really funny as well um i don't know it's just so many parallels between small things and big things that a lot of people kind of overlook okay you're back but uh, okay, I, don't okay, okay. The, I don't think the matrix liked that uh that remark <laughs> <laughs> bro honestly yeah. sorry matrix no but dude it's a great game um yeah and i've just been playing guys though i thought it was decent because i was just playing my like my family my like friends and uh, i got that no. rating and i was like i'm an 800 <laughs> Yeah. You're an 800. I'm an 800. Well, after like, I don't know, like 40 games or something, I'm an 800. But, uh, bro, I'm like a 550. Let's go. <laughs> bro, we got to run a match. Let's run a match. Yeah, dude, we should definitely play um, chess.com. I started a game with, uh, with Ethan and then Vincent. Vincent beat me. He's good. Ethan, Ethan is, I'm sorry, but Ethan's like 1200 ELO. Yeah, he's really good. He's, he's He plays all day. Like, I'm literally in the same house as him right now, and this guy plays all day. I've never played Blitz in my life, though, and Blitz is uh, – Bro, do you want to play Do you want to play Blitz right now? And Let's do Blitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. This is – Can you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's play Blitz. Uh, How do we do – Hey, everybody. So if you want to see Siwen do some real work on chess – that's on YouTube. The whole match is on YouTube. It's a really fun one. Played some Blitz Chess. Again, the link is in the description for the YouTube video. Beautiful. Wow. Let's go, bro. That pin destroyed me. I completely, I'm right side blinded, I guess. I couldn't. <laughs> That's amazing. So, uh, my Blitz so classification has gone down 195 points. Mine went up 373 points. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, go, I'm talking about, dude. that's what i'm talking about though blitz has completely changed everything because i don't know any i mean i know like a little bit of openings but dude after that i i 
it's all like instinct and it's all wrong do you take the lessons on the app how do you learn the openings uh the lessons yeah yeah there's like videos on the app yeah okay but, Fire. i need to learn those yeah because i play with ethan and he's like scandinavian italian like german yeah Dutch like whatever yeah 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 uh there's a guy on youtube gotham chess he's actually really good at explaining things so that's i've been consuming some of his stuff dude there's these two sisters the botez sisters um they're lookers and they're actually very smart too at chess and they have been very good like it's one these thing, sisters you yeah. mean like influencers yeah, yeah yeah it's one thing to like be good at chess but like those girls plus gotham chess uh plus someone else they're actually like really good at breaking down the game they make really good chess content so that's awesome fire i need to get on my chess content bro <laughs> yeah man well yeah that's uh that's one of those things that um it's just a good game to be able to play with anyone internationally so yeah speaking of content um are you thinking of starting so wait how's your twitter game i want to ask and then how's your youtube game i know the podcast is amazing yeah it's just the podcast i'm putting this up there um i've done some cool stuff that i've filmed in my life like uh there's that the catholic pilgrimage in northern spain i filmed like, yeah. all that but i haven't put into video yet so i'm thinking about just making it like podcasts and just life blogs and stuff but what about you yeah you you just made your first YouTube like a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, so I was, dude, I was in Bali. I was just had the most motivation for producing content that I've ever had before. Um, and so, yeah, I made I made two YouTube videos. Uh, I edited them all on my phone and they came out pretty decent. Um, and other than that, I started making Instagram reels in Thailand, um, started pushing out content. I haven't been as consistent, but, and Twitter, dude, I have no idea anything about twitter like i am out of the twitter space and i need to get in it yeah no that's the place to uh iron sharpens iron you get retweeted by by homer helios he's really big on twitter he's our boy yeah he's uh yeah and you speak really well you have really good ideas it's a good place for you to it's a good incubator right you get exposed there but like dude i've been just like every of those every time i take daily walks right but every one of those intrusive thoughts we were talking about earlier if it pops into my head i immediately just put it in twitter because at first I would just, uh, at first I would just like let it die, just like let it just go yeah. nowhere. But then I realized I could just house these in one place. That's what Twitter is. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like the like, other day, I I was petting a dog and I yeah. tweeted, "Dogs are cool," you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the world needs to know. But dude, That's funny. Really okay, wait. I'm caught up on you saying you take daily walks. I need you to elaborate on these daily walks because I feel like that's something that not a lot of people are doing yeah. and not a lot of people know the benefits of. Oh, hundred percent dude. And it was just that out of habit from being in Europe for so long, like three months. Um, so I made it habit every time after I eat, that's the thing. Like after I eat, I use it as like a digestion tool. Like I use it to walk around and I have like really mm. here. So I just walk around, consume some sun. That's the big thing. Cause it was winter just now. And if you don't make it an intention to get sun, you won't all day. Cause you have such a small window. So yeah, it's a great uh, chance to go outside, digest the food you just ate, get some sun. But uh, yeah, like fitness wise, you're getting a lot of calories burned that way and passively. So like, it's also um, really good if you were trying to build muscle, because if you were to like go on a jog or a run every single day, uh, you might be cutting into your muscle mass. 
Yeah, that's huge. And also just slowness. I feel like promoting slowness and really being conscious and aware of the things around you, right? I bet you go on your walk and you see like a cool leaf sometimes and you really fucking think it's a cool leaf or like maybe a mural or like a squirrel and you just like figure out like sometimes I pause and I'm like, holy shit, that squirrel is like a ninja. Like that, that motherfucker just jumped like three feet up the fence, like did a flip and like back in the tree. And it's like, you don't notice these things normally. Exactly. Um, we have a really cool like family of foxes in the woods here that I like see some no grow up. Yeah, so they they uh they're all over the place now. But yeah, that's it's really cool. Yeah, wildlife is one of those things that um I a lot of people take for granted, but you have all kinds of forest creatures out there that follow you around because you're in their house. You know, it's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And then also the importance of sunshine because I just listened to a Huberman podcast. Uh, and he explained in depth how literally sun gazing and staring directly at the sun, if not like maybe a little away from the sun, but getting that directly in your eyes. Yeah. Um, really like puts your body clocks on a, the correct timer. So you can even fall asleep a lot easier in the evening. It just gets your circadian rhythm really set up. And then just a fun fact, I didn't know this, but I learned this today is that your eyes are a part of your brain. Yeah. They're the only thing, dude. That was trippy. Isn't that weird? That that's so wild. Like it they're literally what are they? The windows to your soul. Like you can see someone's like brain health a little bit in their eyes. Yeah, dude. It's and then um he also explained how eyes aren't just here to convert visual things into your brain, but they also convert thoughts. And it's like it's a little confusing to say, and I'm still a little confused by it, but like your eyes are one of the main things that affect your thoughts. So I think maybe that goes along the lines of like, if you see colors, like if you see red, you're more hungry. Right. And if you see like yellow, you're more happy maybe and stuff like that, but like subconscious stuff that you don't notice. That's very true. Yeah. That's the one reason why it's also for like interior design, but it has that motivation too. Um, people will paint in their homes the ceiling white. Now, it's not only to make the room look up bigger, but if you were to paint it black or something dark, you would feel like crowded and like uns- mm-hmm. different kinds of colors that make you feel different kind of things. Absolutely. And marketing departments for like multi-billion dollar corporations, they put in lots of money into just that. Yeah. And I bet they have like, dude, I wonder, one, I wonder what kind of degree, if you need a degree, and two, I wonder how much the salary is for color coordinators at like, I bet there's, I bet that's a position where you literally just work with colors, unless it's just a fancy interior design, like person. No, it's gotta be, it's gotta be like uh, client, just understanding your market. It's gotta be a name for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I like color coordinator. Color coordinator. Yeah. But, uh. Dude, it's uh, it's a it's a whole thing with marketing and sales, and um, I think I think exercising that sales muscle as a young man is something you absolutely need to do. I'm so glad I jumped into it. Uh, like you're saying, it's tough. It's it's a lot of volume, a lot of stuff that you need to do. But like Arlen said in his course, that is a muscle that young men need to develop. Is like, <laughs> there's no nice way to say it. Communicating. Like our, our nature is to penetrate. That's what Arlen said, and that's yeah. literally what it is. Like, <laughs> But I'm, I'm in every way, there's a tough situation. There's very beautiful girls. There's like a business opportunity that's opening up a small window. 
all these are moments to for you as a man to penetrate. You need to get in there. You need to spearhead these things. And I believe sales is one of those disciplines, one of those skill sets that you just have to throw yourself in there, get absolutely comfortable with getting rejected, getting no's. That's the deal. That's your school dance. That's your middle school dance. Like you were supposed to get shut down 10 times in like two minutes. Like that's what your job is. You're supposed to feel that very early on. You're supposed to feel that in all kinds of different arenas in your life because that's what you're going to get. Because every yes you get is going to change your life, but it takes a lot of work. Yeah. Yes. So. Absolutely, bro. I, I could not have said it better myself. And every no is closer to a yes, Boom. you know? And so that's absolutely massive is just exercising that muscle. And it goes along with like exercising the discomfort and the discipline muscle. Um, but just learning to communicate in general effectively through the use of body language and, but just using your body and your voice tonalities is absolutely massive. Like for example, in pest control, there's something called the tritonal close. And the tritonal close is three different tonalities of voice that when matched together in a certain order, they actually make your brain want to say yes. Like no matter what you say. And Wait. it's super weird. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. And so these are the three tonalities. The first tonality is absolute certainty. So this is the tonality I'm using right now is absolute certainty, right? And the second is utter sincerity. So just being sincere, mm -hmm. right? Dude, this podcast, this podcast is so cool, man. Like I really love what we're doing here, right? And then the last one is reasonable man, right? Being reasonable. Um, and it's usually in a form of question like, man, we get another podcast with me. We give me a shot, right? And so the tritonal close is something that we use in door-to-door -door sales and can be used and applied anywhere else, even when asking your friends to the movies, right? That you don't think they want to go is, it's like, and that is for everything, the inside and the outside, that's certainty. You're going to love it, man. That's sincerity. Will you give me a shot? Will you give me a shot, man? Dude, that's I, reasonable, man. Yeah. And wow, so I found myself nodding. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's weird. So like even using that... Dude, even probably when asking a girl out, honestly, like, I just thought you were absolutely beautiful. I just wanted to maybe take you out for a coffee sometime. Will you give me your number? Or something like that. That's corny, yeah. but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel no, like. That, that sandwiching of it, of all three, yeah, adding some more meat to it. Yeah, dude, that's. I never heard it broken down that way, dude. The three tonalities. Dude, yeah. there's so many ways. There's bitonality, tritone. Um, and it's huge because I talk to a lot of guys, especially in the sales world that struggle, but in reality or in just general that have a lot of uptones and have a lot of, it's almost like they're sad at the end of their sentence. Right. And so it's like, they're dragging off. Right. And I, I'm trying to put in my head an example, but I'm just so trained not <laughs> to do that, that it's difficult. Um, but it's like, um, Hey man. Uh, I'm, I'm Sean. I'm with the pest control company. Like, just like not knowing how to, I guess, show confidence, but also you just sound like you don't want to be there. Right. And that applies mm -hmm. to anything. So I'm sure we both know guys that we've met and it's just enthusiasm and charisma, I yeah. think, um, that you put into your voice. And if you're confident and charismatic, and if you are passionate about what you're talking about, then it comes naturally. But if you really don't want to be there, then like a lot of guys, just have this voice that I don't even want to listen to. It's like a ringing <laughs> in my ear yeah. and I just want to get off the call or like away from them. So like focusing on 
like public speaking, even in vocal training and just knowing how to say certain things. I think it will get you far in business relationships, you know, everything. In other words, you had to be an irrational optimist on your calls. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Because if you're optimistic, then you're expecting a good outcome. And if you're expecting a good outcome, then you're going to be really, really enthusiastic about it, right? Because you already know that you're going to close the sale or you already know that, you know, something really good is going to happen. You already know that just some random, some miracle is going to, you know, come across your lap when you're just like chilling somewhere. And so if you already know that, then you're going to be, you're you're just going to display a certain type of energy that will normally attract it. It's just a lot of manifestation, right? Or the law of attraction. Yeah. Hormozzi said it best. The assumed close is so powerful. Yes, absolutely. And if you assume close everything, not just business, but like connections, relationships, you know, and Tim Ferriss has an exercise that I think aligns really well with irrational optimism is you ask for like a a discount at like random coffee shops or random stores. (laughs) as long as they're not a chain, like it's a comfort challenge. Um, and I think that's really huge because if you expect a discount and you expect them to say yes, they typically say yes. I've gotten discounts before. Oh, you tried um, it? Nice. Yeah, bro. I tried it. It was really nerve wracking at first. You know, the one exercise I didn't do is the exercise where you go in a public area, maybe like a mall or like in the middle of a sidewalk you down. and you lay down and take like a maybe a 20 second nap bro actually i did it once i did it once i was with some friends so it was a little ego boost um the employee it was in best buy the employee came up to me and he was like are you all right I was like yeah i was just got tired and i got back up so i did that once and it oh. was but doing it solo i think doing anything kind of alone is one grows you a lot more like traveling right but two it's a lot harder yeah. Um, so using like certain friends to help you like groups, like irrational optimism, right? Yeah. I wouldn't have launched six eggs in a grocery <laughs> store line if it wasn't for these guys. So I didn't know that I'd have ridiculous support from them and they would hype me up and I'd be a legend. Right. And so having support groups, you don't have those friends in person or just having those friends in person can be really good for taking those little steps. Yeah, absolutely. And I already told you the, this whole year, I'm not drinking alcohol. Right. So when I'm going out, I'm ordering stuff like milk, bro. Milk. milk. <laughs> so just getting milk at the bar. And I sent that picture to the group chat and I was like, hey, the bartender thinks I'm kidding. Got absolutely zero reactions. <laughs> but it's kind of like in, in real life too. Like the bartender was like, hey, wh- is this kid all right? And usually like I have gone with like a friend or two, like down here, I'm like, hey, let's go downtown. Uh, but I'm not drinking. So like I'll go with like a friend or two, but most of the time I've gone by myself, and I'm just like, you know what, I'm I'm right here. Let me just see see what the vibe is, right? So I just go in. I got like 30 minutes. I you know I'm gonna go into this one place right here with my milk, and I'm just sitting. Yeah. <laughs> and dude, I don't I don't blame people. Some people like like you're saying, laying down in in a Best Buy or someplace by yourself, like it takes like a little bit of a little a screw might be loose, whatever. But we're irrational. That's where the irrational part comes in, right? Yeah. And there you just, absolutely, bro. Yeah, you kick the door down and you're like, you know what? I fucking love Bad Bunny and I love my milk. I'm just going to put the two together. <laughs> and, Bro, that's massive. I yeah. think that can be the new echelon thing. Yeah. I genuinely think, yeah, I think that it can be massive for saving money. Yeah. And it's an eye catcher and it's a conversation starter. And like, yeah, it's literally like wearing a pink cowboy hat when no one has a pink cowboy hat. That's what I did uh, when you go to clubs. Nice. Um, this one time I went to, I went to Cape Cod and stayed with a friend and we 
sneak into this club like it was the most adrenaline building thing we just walk past in the exit and like no one says anything yeah and there's this bachelorette i think there's two separate bachelorette parties going on and one of them there's a bunch of pink cowboy hats just like around like on different like girls from the bachelorette party and so i totally snagged one <laughs> and um my friend actually took it off of her head and put it on mine and they're like you rock it so you can keep it um and so uh this emotional story a little bit not really but it's just it, it got really intense that night so i had that pink cowboy hat right yeah. and i was pulling bro this cowboy hat attracted women like nothing before right and i was like holy shit like these girls were begging to take a picture with me like to put it on and i had to be like nah like you gotta earn it and yeah like it was the best thing ever and so then these girls came up and they were like, give me my hat back. And it wasn't the girl I got it from. So I was like, what are you talking about? They were like, give us the hat back. And she started like trying to steal it off my head and she ended up getting it. Yeah. And I was, I, they like surrounded me. It was like freaking, they were just trying to jump on me. It was weird. And roll. she got the hat back. I was going to start wrestling, bro. <laughs> but I didn't want to. I was literally going to start. Ugh. Anyways, I was really defensive over the hat. So they yeah. got the hat back. And then I was like, my riz is gone well it's not all gone but it's like it's like bro and so i walk outside and i see the bachelorette party kind of like the leader or like the manager of like the party or whoever the coordinator yeah. they all pat and i'm like yo your girl just took the hat back and she goes are you serious like you look so good in it and i was like yeah the brunette girl with like whatever the wings on her eyes or she was like oh that's like jessica she's a bitch <laughs> and so she goes she goes here take my hat and this like absolutely gorgeous girl just takes the hat off and gives it to me i'm like thanks i just dip back into the club <laughs> and get this are you ready for the worst part this is the emotional part i went through all that fighting and lost the first hat i walked back in with the second one like like an absolute top g and i looked down on the floor what's on the floor with some fucking footprints on it from being trampled the hat the first hat bro I was like, no, bro, don't disrespect the Riz hat. No. And so I picked it up and I and I returned that hat to the girl and I was like, I found it again. And she was ecstatic because she wanted to wear it too. And so now I have my hat with footprints on it and like it's just an absolute icon. It's still hanging on my wall in my room because <laughs> like and I, I started wearing it like when I go out to parties or clubs when I used to do that. And it was just it was just ridiculous, bro. It's just like yeah, if you can do, I don't know how we went from, I guess we went from milk to pink cowboy hats, but anything unconventional um, is huge. And it's a bonus if it's a money saver. Yeah, you did the right thing returning the the good hat to the girl. You, <laughs> dude, yeah. That was Bro, cool. That's a story that I barely ever get to tell. That's exciting. <laughs> so you still have that hat. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I bring it, I used to bring it everywhere. Um uh, yeah, it's an absolute legendary hat. It has some good memories attached to it. And it's just like a party, like a $3 party, kind of like cardboardy hat. Yeah. No, you, you got to stand so that cool. way, man. Like, you, you just have to. I used to have a mullet. I had a, I grew a mullet twice. Um, and it just, like, made me feel good, whatever. But you got to be able to, like, also not have a pink hat. You know what I mean? And that that's what you've developed with shaving your head and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be able to have yeah that was the opposite bro i needed to grow yeah i needed to grow as a person and so i had to take off the pink hat take off the hair and yeah and it worked 
I mean, it's working so far. Awesome, man. Well, dude, I really appreciate the time. Um, I, we're going to keep having our weekly calls and dude, irrational. Hi, bro. It's going to be, it's, it's already is a movement that's already like shaking. It's, it's going to be massive, bro. Jake. So he has a podcast coming up. Oh, he just did a podcast with Solbra. Nice. Um, and he has a podcast with a couple other just absolutely crazy guys um, that have a lot of following in personal development industry and stuff like that. So they're going to be like, he's going to grow super quickly. I'm glad we got into this thing early. And I'm also glad that we got into this thing at all because yeah. I feel like this is, we're just making the really good connections with super like high value guys, but they're just such good vibes. Yeah. Right. And so I feel like there's going to be so much good things that come out of it. So yeah. Gratitude to Irrational Optimism, gratitude to Jake and all the boys there um, for just showing the good vibes and getting me schlonkin' eggs. Yeah, man. And let's keep pushing this uh, this movement to our own world and to the greater world out there. So, appreciate it. Hi, bro. I love it. Good outro. Yeah, man. Take it easy, man. I'll, uh, I'll see you around. All right. Sounds good. Talk soon. Peace. Yeah. Enjoy Colombia. Peace.